and welcome to Let's Talk, The Pastor is In. I'm program host Kip Allen. Now, Let's Talk is a program for the Christian layman, you know, the Lutheran who believes but has questions. In short, well, the program's designed for someone like me because, you know, there's a lot I don't understand. It doesn't necessarily have to be something soul-shaking. It might be just something that's been on my mind for a while. And rather than getting into a deep theological discussion, I find that a casual front porch style talk with a pastor is the best way to understanding. That's what this program is all about. Today's guest is Wayne Lawrence, the pastor of St. James Lutheran Church in University City. Now, I've got my questions, you've got yours, but, you know, I don't, because we're doing this uh, so much on the fly, as Gary said, he's in, he's in the studio east, I'm in the studio west here, broadcasting from my, uh, from my little home office here, and uh, Pastor Lawrence is broadcasting from his home, and we have a lady by the name of Stephanie Licklider, who one of our, our our star production assistant, who is running the board from the station. So this is going to be very interesting how we do this. So Pastor Lawrence, welcome to the show. Yes, yes, it's good to be back. <laughs> I wish we were on site. <laughs> yeah, I know, but you know this is part of the problem though with this thing, and it's kind of interesting though because now we really are able to. Use the uh, use the technology that God's given us to to sort of reach out, and you know it, yeah. I have to say that when this happened uh, and everything was shut down, I had some questions as to whether or not how we we're going to be able to do the show. But you know, uh, Andy Bates, our program director, had been actually researching this, and uh, just in case, and guess what? It happened. So now we've got uh -huh. the ways how we can do it. As I said, you know, Stephanie's at the IC. I'm at my house. You're at the uh, parish. All sorts of interesting things going. <laughs> yeah. You know, before we, <laughs> you know, before we get into the main program here, there's something I wanted to share with you. Um, one of the things I have uh, feeling you know, emotionally when I'm in the studio is sometimes I don't think anybody's really listening there. I don't really, you know, intellectually, I know we've got an audience. But on an emotional level, sometimes, well, yeah, maybe I'm just talking to myself. Maybe that happens to you sometimes when you're preaching you know, from the pulpit. You know, the congregation is there, but are they really listening? Well, and, and, and I think that's part of the um, the, the difficulty with um, with churches, you know, closing for the pandemics and um, trying to stream their service either through Facebook or YouTube or something like that. Um, because when they are taping the service, um, it's sort of like when we are um, at the studio. You don't have an audience. There's nobody really there. And, uh, um, you know, you sort of want, is anybody listening? Um, but, uh, <laughs> in fact, um, I was talking with uh, Pastor Pelsu. He and I met um, on Tuesday for our lectionary study. In fact, lectionary studies even closed down, but I was unaware of that, so I showed up. And so the two of us sat around and looked at the translation of the text and talked a little bit about what we are doing. And uh, he mentioned, he said, um, you know, yeah, we're closed for service now, and I'm, like, recording everything and um, either putting it on YouTube or on Facebook and, uh, you know, the members can actually go to Facebook and and um, pull up the the sermon and and hear it. Um, so it's uh, there's no real audience when you're recording it. Uh, so that not having the audience would be difficult for me. 
Um, but uh, actually, you know, when you have the congregation sitting there, um, you tend to feel a little bit more, um, you feel a little bit more like there's at least someone listening. And uh, my voice is not exactly, um, you know, soft. So, <laughs> no, <it's not. laughs> so I feel like maybe somebody is listening. But, uh, yeah, if I close down church the way some of them, you know, have done and uh, stream it, that, uh, yeah, that's difficult. But, uh, yeah, no, we didn't uh, completely close down. We have, we have limited a lot of things, but we have not completely closed down. Okay, I want to get to that in a minute. But, you know, when you and I are in the studio together talking yeah. about the, the, the program, this is what I mean when you, you, you wonder if there's anybody really out there listening to us. I know it, 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 sometimes I, it, I wonder if there's anyone there. Well, it so happens that they've got an email that is addressed to you and me. Ah. <laughs> and I'm Good. going to read it to you here, okay? <laughs> okay. Dear Kip Allen and Pastor Wayne Lawrence, I am a 17-year-old student from Denmark. So sorry if my English isn't perfect. I've been listening to some episodes of your podcast, The Pastor is In. And right now, I've just been listening to the episode of When Life Overwhelms. And I think it's an amazing episode, and it spoke directly to my life. Wednesday last week, we were told from our Prime Minister that we aren't allowed to go to school for the next two weeks because of the COVID-19. It was a very confused time because I really love to go to school and I'm easily overwhelmed if I don't know what's going to happen. So I was very worried about a lot of different things. The weekend went okay, but i had always had that feeling that something was wrong inside me. And I continued feeling that way. I used to love doing schoolwork, but now I was not happy with anything. Nothing I wanted to do, nothing made me happy. Sometimes, the last days, I've been feeling okay, happy, but not thinking very much, and the exhausting feeling of anxiety and depression haunted me. So today it's Thursday, the 19th of March, and this afternoon I decided to do something. I went out on a run, and as my father recommended to me, I listened to this episode of the podcast. Sorry, this message is long and complicated, but actually I just wanted to say thank you. Your words led me back to Jesus. I haven't let him be part of my life in recent days, and I refuse to turn to him. Yesterday, I tried to read a devotion, but there was nothing inside. I actually wouldn't like Jesus to be part of my life. So I prayed to God that he would lead me back to him, and you were his answer. I think all my troubles in recent days are God's voice. He wanted me back to him, and I felt overwhelmed by everything because I didn't have control. I'm inclined to always wanting to have control of my life, but now I just had to let go of my controlling tendencies and let God control my life. From now on, I'd like to give my time, my treasure, and my talents to the Lord who created me. Now, I know what purpose I should do things, but I will do my schoolwork, and because I can develop the talents God has given me, so I can use them to honor God, and I pray to him, that it would be better at thanking him for everything I've got in my life. It's not my treasures. It belongs to God. My time belongs to God. I want God to do it his way rather than mine. I really want that to be my wish every day. And I want to get better at prayer and fix my eyes on God. Do you have an idea what I can do to better remember praying? 
how how to become a prayer warrior because often when I pray, my thoughts fly and I can't concentrate. But no matter then, I know that whatever I have to do, I will always fall back into God's hands. Once again, thank you for your work and God bless you and your work. Kind regards, Rebecca Linnea Jensen, Denmark. Wow. So somebody is listening. (laughs) And you know, that's the type of response that makes all this this whole job worthwhile. Yeah. It really is. Mm. Yeah. Somebody is listening and, um, you know, um, we are having an impact. um, At least the Lord is having an impact through us and through this ministry. Yeah. One thing you said reminded me a lot of something that you said. Uh, I remember in one of our dis- one of our conversations in the past. I believe it, you were talking about your aunt, who uh, always wanted to do things her way and was angry because God wanted to do it his way. Yes, that was yeah, that was actually my mother. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> she um, she mentioned to me once. Um, you know, we would have these talks, and uh, and one time she said when she was a little girl, um, you know, she did not like the Lord's prayer. Because um, there was that line in the Lord's Prayer where it, where it says, Thy will be done. And she said, well, that means God is going to do it his way. Um, I don't want him to do it his way. I want him to do it my way. And as after she grew up and matured in her faith, um, that she realized, wait a second, I don't really want God to do it my way. I want him to do it his way because his way is better than mine. And so she start she started to like thy will be done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was my mother. She always teach me these little tidbits that uh, that stays with me even now after she's been gone now for so many years. Yeah, isn't so, it yeah, amazing how the older we get, the the wisdom of our parents come through? You know, yesterday was was kind of a sad day for me. That was the twenty uh, second anniversary of my mother's death. And uh, um, I still remember the wisdom that I got from her. Yeah, I didn't necessarily yeah. appreciate it at the time, but boy, do I now. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's so true. That is so true. As you grow up and as you mature in your faith, um, a lot of what uh, you know they said um, really, really makes sense. You know, really come home. You understand it better. And I think this um, this is a 17 year old. Um, lady, young lady, That's the one that sent the email. Yeah. yeah. Um, see, now she is seeing a lot too that um, that uh, she wants uh, God to do do things His way, and uh, I think the Lord is having an impact even through us as we discuss these things over the radio. And indeed, yes, she is um, a reminder to us that when we feel that. No one is listening. They are, you know, someone is listening and the Lord is working through us. Yeah, that was wonderful. It really was. And it's a great reminder that, you know, I learned something from her is the fact, you know, know, it's not our will, it's his. And reminding me once again that God does work through us. And uh, oh, my gosh, what a humbling thought that is. Yes. You know, one of the things I would really recommend to her is um, the portals of prayer. You know, our portals of prayer are well written. The devotions in them are short. 
And, uh, you know, they help us with our daily devotion and uh, um, and our prayer life. In fact, um, we still have a couple of members that that look forward to every edition of the portals of prayer. And, uh, um, we know, we can't put it out fast enough for them to just, you know, pick it up. So that's one thing I would really recommend to her is um, our portals of prayer for her daily devotion. And, uh, you know, yes, worshiping with us on on Sundays is also um, very helpful because that's where, you know, we meet with the Lord and he is present in worship and he's doing his gospel thing again among us. He is forgiving sins. He's strengthening our faith um, in him. And uh, so worship with a group of us on Sundays is is very important. But for daily devotions, um, those portals of prayer, um, I would just highly recommend because yeah it's true you know just being cut off the way everybody's been cut off lately um it's not just um economics it's also emotional you know i was just talking to my wife earlier this morning and um her dad is um in a nursing home and uh, her mom is not is not able to visit him for a while because you can't just come and go in a nursing home anymore because of the the pandemics. And uh, his question to the nurses are, where's everybody? When are they going to come to take me home? You know, so these things um, have this emotional impact on us as we are cut off from, from that fellowship with each other. In a church, even when we worship together, our fellowship is not only with God, it's also with each other, you know, which is one of the difficulty about um, streaming services too, um, over Facebook or or um, or over YouTube. Um, you know, the challenge for us is how do we commune? Um, you can't commune over Facebook, you know. You can't commune. No, you can't over, do that. Yeah, you can't commune over YouTube, and so you know the idea of fellowship and not being cut off from the community is um is so important and uh she's a, you know she's reminding us of what it does to to people on the emotional level or the mental level as she feels overwhelmed or even depressed um you know that being you know being a part of a community whether it is going to school and seeing classmates, you know, going to church and seeing your brothers and sisters in Christ, being a part of the community is uh, is very important to our, you know, our mental state, our emotional state. Um, we can't just cut ourselves off from, from each other. That's just not, that's just not healthy, you know? When I was in, when I was in California, my, uh, my uh, church's uh, title was actually uh, it was actually our Savior's community. You know, like ours oh, here at St. James, the one there is our Savior's community. Wow. That, yeah, see, that's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. Um, because we are the, you know, what do we say in the creed? You know, the communion of saints. That's the community of saints, the saints coming together. Um, and that's important to us as we 
meet with our Lord in, in word and sacrament. Um, you know, our fellowship is with him, but it's also with each other. And so that is one of the, you know, it's easy sometimes for a lot of the the um, Protestants um, who whose focus is just on word, um, you know, to have their service televised, you know, or streamed. But when your focus is not just on word, but word and sacrament, it's uh, it, it's it's quite a challenge because you need the community, especially for for the sacrament. Yeah, tough well, one, well, isn't let's it? Let's discuss that a little. Let's discuss that a little bit further. Uh, you know, our our church, St. James, is a very small, uh, very tight knit uh, congregation. And I'm sure yeah. there are many other congregations around the country, you know, in the Dakotas, for example, that are also small, but are tight knit like ours is. And I think that some of the lessons that we have learned might be applicable to them. And I'm going to ask you a couple of questions as a parishioner to a pastor, okay? Okay. Okay. Now, when. I take communion, as you pointed out. You know, you, you can't do that over the internet. Uh, but traditionally, what I do is when I when uh, I use I let you put the uh, the bread on my tongue rather than giving it in my hand and then giving it to myself. Now, how are we going to handle that now with this uh, with the uh, with the, the problem with the pandemic? Should I change that or not? Yeah, yeah, and that's a good question because, um, you know, on Sunday, Sunday gone, I noticed myself just coughing once or twice in my hands. And I said, maybe I should just have each each person at the table just pick up their own um, host. And uh, that's what I did on Sunday. And one of the ladies said to me, um, maybe if you have a glove prepared, you know, and you know, be right there for you. And then before before um, serving communion, you just glove that the hand that you use to to pick up the host. And that way, instead of having everybody's hands going into the pattern, you use your gloved hand to do it. And I thought, wow, I didn't think of it that way, but that was such a good idea to just use a, a gloved hand to do it. Now, even then, can, you know, some people take it in their hands, from my hand to their hands, and some take it from my hands to their mouth. Um, either way is fine, whatever a person is comfortable doing. If they would rather take it in their mouth, that's where I would put it. If they would rather take it in their hand, that's where I would put it. But just gloving that hand that I use, my right hand, right before distributing communion, um, sounds like a a wonderful idea that way you I, know I agree with not, that. yeah so you're not passing yeah go ahead go ahead i was going to say you know if if we simply get our own host as i know we've done in the past i remember one uh what about a year ago you had a, a the sniffles or something and that was how you handled it was that we grabbed our own host but in this case, you know, if one of us happens to be ill, we could contaminate the entire host. Uh, but the exactly. idea of doing it with the glove and then either dropping it into our hands or putting it directly into our mouth, there's no direct contact between the person, the, between the parishioner and the actual tray of the host. Right, right. So when she said that, I said, wow, that's, that's a good idea. I'll make sure I... 
have something like that <laughs> ready for next Sunday so that way, you know, I can um, distribute communion um, in a safer way, you know, rather than, you know, risking um, any kind of, like you say, contamination of, um, you know, all the holes. Because someone may have, even though I can, I cough in my hand, someone else could have coughed in their hand, and then they put their hand um, in the pattern also and pick up you know, and contaminate the, the all the holes that's there. So, that's yes, right. uh, I thought the idea was just spot on. Just glove one hand right before you distribute communion, and then do it that way. Yeah, that sounds like a a, a wonderful idea. So we come well, up, you know, we. Go ahead. I was going to say the other part of that, of course, is is the blood wine. Uh, now, I have always chosen the uh, common cup. Uh, you, know, it, you know, Jesus said, drink ye all of it. Drink yes. ye all from yes. it. And uh, so that's why I do that. But I think perhaps maybe uh, I should use the... Uh, the small cups from this point on, at least until this thing is over. I, I, is this or, uh, something that you're planning on doing, maybe disconnect, discontinuing uh, the common cup and, until after this is over? Well, what I do is, um, you, know, you know, at St. James, we have the option. Um, a person has the option of using the individual cup if, you know, they're more comfortable doing that. And uh, those who are you know, comfortable using the chalice can always um, use the chalice. So again, it's what a person is comfortable doing. I am still quite comfortable using the chalice, and I'll tell you why. Um, because the with the common cup, the top of the the chalice, at least our chalice, is silver. Um, and uh, what's you know we use uh, alcohol, we use wine that uh, that has alcohol in it, and between silver and alcohol, it does kill germs. And so I am not, you know, I'm not worried about catching something from using the chalice. And you notice I use the chalice last. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I use it. I wait until everyone commune, and then I. Uh, consume what is left um, in the chalice. So um, I got that from my my mentor. Um, he had a problem in New York years ago um, where uh, there was a particular parishioner where members did not like communing after. And uh, I guess to show his protest, he said, well, the deacon and I will commune last. And uh, that way I got drafted because I was the deacon. <laughs> And so ever since um, I have adopted that from him to commune last to show parishioners that I'm not worried about catching anything from you, um, not when it comes to um, communion, especially as we use a, a chalice that has silver at the top and um, and wine, which is alcohol. So between the two, it will kill any germs. So I am comfortable taking the chalice, but if someone is not comfortable doing that, then by all means um, use the the individual cup. So we have we we have both, yeah. And if a parishioner at a, another congregation, for example, as I mentioned out in the Dakotas, uh, would have a question, they could go ask actually ask the pastor, is the cup made of silver? Yes, yes. You can ask him if the top of his um, chalice is um, silver or not. 
and uh, most likely he would know whether it is silver. Uh, most chalices, especially the um, the expensive ones, um, you know, ours is kind of pricey, and uh, most of the expensive ones tend to have silver at the top. Um, yeah, so that's a good question to always ask your pastor: is um, is the chalice um, silver? And, you know, again, one of the difference between us and some Protestant is that since they're using grape juice, um, there's no alcohol, um, whereas we are really using alcohol, which kills yeah, germs. And, and you, the Bible says wine, that, not grape juice. <laughs> yes, it's wine. It's real wine. And so I, I'm still comfortable using the chalice, and I commune last. And which was interesting too on Sunday, um, you know, we we all spread out. You know, we did that uh, um, social distancing that is that's recommended. We, you know, and because we are small, we can do that. If it was a a large congregation, where you know people would be sitting close together, um, we would certainly, you know, have just closed down like some of our large churches have, you know, opted to. To close the the services for a while. Well, Pastor now, Lawrence, I, I'm, we've got to take a break here at the bottom of the hour, uh, but I want to get back to this in a couple of minutes because we're we're talking some very important things here, and uh, we need to get this word out. And Pastor, we'll be right back. Oh. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10 states, If the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength. But wisdom helps one to succeed. Find this true wisdom in Christ on Sharper Iron every weekday morning at 8 a.m. here on Worldwide KFUO. Sharpen the iron of your faith together with two pastors as they take up the sword of the Spirit to proclaim the gifts of Christ crucified and risen for you. The Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, on behalf of Concordia Plan Services, Lutheran Housing Support Corporation, Concordia University System, Lutheran Church Extension Fund, the LCMS Foundation, and Corporate Synod, daily reaches out to our members and partners, working together to support our local, global, and international ministries, church workers, and LCMS initiatives at large to carry the mission forward and to serve each other in love. Opportunities to serve, lcms.org careers. I'm Pastor Ken Bomberger. Join me weekday mornings at 7.15 for Oratio, your time of scripture, meditation, and music on KFUO, Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. For years on Sunday mornings, Worldwide KFUO has been broadcasting live worship services for those unable to attend worship for those who enjoy hearing God's Word. This Sunday, our 8 a.m. worship comes from Peter Lutheran Church in St. Louis, Missouri with presiding pastor, Rev. Dennis Castens. Our 1045 worship 
comes from Hope Lutheran Church in St. Anne, Missouri, with presiding pastor, Reverend Tim Ostermeyer. Join us on Sunday mornings on Worldwide KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. When Leonardo da Vinci's Salvatore Mundi, which means Savior of the World, sold in November 2017 for 450 million, it was a record for any work of art sold at auction. Sold. Da Vinci, an Italian Renaissance painter, was one of the most celebrated artists of all time, painting many scenes from the Bible. One of his most famous paintings, The Last Supper, is a 29-foot by 15-foot fresco of Jesus' last meal with his disciples before his crucifixion, the moment Jesus says to his disciples that one of them will betray him. The moment is described in the Gospel of John. Da Vinci painted the disciples with emotions ranging from grief and sadness to rage and love. Engage with the Bible in its influence on the arts over the centuries. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. Well, welcome back to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen, and our guest pastor today is Pastor Wayne Lawrence from St. James Lutheran Church in University City, who just happens to be my pastor. So, welcome back to the show. Yeah. Pastor, I was I was talking to another pastor, a friend of mine, a fellow out on the West Coast who has a large congregation, and he was telling me some of the problems that he's facing. Uh, for example, he was saying that uh, he's probably going to have to start preparing for funerals. Uh, he needs to know how he personally is going to be able to handle the advice and the spiritual things because this is such a huge upheaval in people's lives as that of his parishioners. How can he handle the uh, the, the visits? Um, he said one of his uh, pastor friends had told him that uh, there had been a, a suicide even because of this. These are some very, very serious things. And, you know, and, <clears throat> me as a, as a parishioner, you know, I don't have those kind of responsibilities. And I, I'm looking to you as a pastor, even though our congregation is small, what yeah. things are going through your mind now that you have to uh, have to consider? Uh, as you said right now, so far, you know, our services are open. Well, maybe they're not going to be in the future. We don't know yet. That's a decision that you'll have to make. Uh, is there a possibility we might be losing some parishioners to, to this horrible disease? How are you uh, doing with your visits? Things along that line. How are you? How are you handling these? Yeah, what I have done so far is um, I have access. In fact, um, I made a lot of phone calls, and uh, I've spoken with um, a lot of our older members, the ones that I think are at high risk, you know, because of um, age and other underlying issues. You know, and uh, my recommendation to them is to stay home for now, um, not to try and, you know, come out to church and risk catching this, um, especially the ones that um, we have a member that is um, undergoing chemotherapy for cancer. And so the best thing for her to do is to not um, try to come to church right now because, um you know, th that chemotherapy is going to um, lower her immune system. And so, she, you know, that would make her high risk 
for not only catching um, this coronavirus, but dying from it. So, you know, someone like her, um, I recommend that she just stays home for now. That is why our attendance um, on Sunday was just even so low, um, because most of the older ones I have already asked to, to stay home. Now, it also means that uh, I'm not going to be able to to do as much visits as um, I normally do. In fact, um, I heard from one of them yesterday, and she was really upset because not, not her, but her daughter, um, who is also a nurse, um, had uh, had her fever, had, you know, had her temperature go up, and they were sending her to the hospital to, to be tested uh, for this coronavirus. So she was upset, and, you know, right away, you know, we paused for a minute. We prayed over the phone. I couldn't go to see her in person, but uh, we paused and we prayed over the phone. And uh, I wanted to know which hospital her daughter was being taken to. Um, she didn't know, and right away my wife said, uh, they won't let you in there, um, even though you are clergy. They're just not going to let you in. And so, yeah, that's one of the things, the difficulty we face is um, um, doing hospital visits or homebound visits um, is is very restricted. Um, hospitals are not going to just let us in. And uh, there are so many people that um, end up dying alone from this disease because no one is even allowed to, to see them, um, to be at their bedside because, you know, they don't want you coming in even into the hospital because you could be carrying the virus and they don't want to risk that. So, yeah, it's difficult, um, you know, just talking with this other member and we could, uh, we paused and we prayed and uh, I was able to text the nurse and the nurse text me back and say, yeah, I'm doing okay. You know, in fact, um, I'm going to try to do a follow-up texting with her today just to see, you know, um, was she tested? How is she doing? So we try to communicate. We try to stay in touch with each other um, by phone, um, but it's um, it's a little bit restricted. And that's one of the, the difficulties we face because as pastors, we – you know, the first thing we want to do is um, put on our clothes and head to someone's home or head to the hospital. And uh, we're in a position where we can't do that. You know, I couldn't just go to this parishioner home because she's up there in age and uh, um, her husband has other underlying issues. And uh, um, so a lot of phone calls happen. In fact, there's another couple where both of them have underlying issues. And, you know, I spoke with them over the phone. But my recommendation to them right now is to not um, not try to not come to church at this point. Um, and that's, you know, how do you do that? You know, you, you, you're not comfortable telling a parishioner not to come to church. <laughs> you know, you're more in the you're more in the habit of encouraging people to come to church. And here it is, you know, you're doing the, the opposite. You're telling someone, um, don't come to church. <laughs> like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's yeah, so I, I, I certainly can understand um that that pastor thinking, you know. Um, well, you know, we, we've, and, this is one of the blessings that we have in in being such a small congregation, is that you personally know everyone, and you know the. You know, it's hard to do when you've got four hundred people sitting out there in the pews, 
you know, unless the pastors who got that, you know, but that, that's not our situation. And the thing is, is that you know each and every one of us, you know what our underlying problems are. So-and-so may look perfectly healthy, but have a history of asthma. As you pointed out, this one lady, well, she's undergoing chemo. A, a bunch of yeah. things here that, that only the pastor of a smaller parish like ours would be, would be aware of. Right. And this is something that I think it's a blessing. Yes, 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 yes. I, you know, when I, you know, spoke with um, with Pastor Peltzu, um, you know, he was my bishop. I did my vicarage under him, so we we like to um, talk a lot and compare notes, and you know, um, you know, just as we talk about how we do church now, you know, and he would say to me, um, "Well, can you can you Skype? Can you put it on?" I said, "Well, my members are not even as." Um, computer savvy as yours, you know, some of our older members um, don't even have smartphones and they still have an old flip phone, you know, and uh, they say, so what are you going to do? I said, well, what I can do is, you know, one of the things we, we do is we send out the bulletins every week to to members that uh, don't make it to church. And, uh, you know, in the bulletin is this announcement page we call the, the love note. And uh, one of the things I can do then is um, do a, a summary of my sermon and put it in the love note and send that out too, um, because not all of them are computer savvy to go on YouTube or go on Facebook and streamline a, a, a sermon. Um, so, you know, we may have to do it a different way. We may have to just write a little summary of it in the love note and send that out. Um, so that uh, they know what's going on in church. They are still in touch. And you're going to have to do a lot of phone calling. You're going to have to get on that phone um, during the week in the evenings and uh, keep in touch with a lot of people. Let them know what's going on at church. And, uh, you know, just keep in touch. That's what you're going to have to do. It's just important. The parishioners have to be in touch with you to let you know so-and-so is ill, so-and-so just went to the hospital you know, things along yeah. that line where, you know, you, you, know you, you don't know unless they tell you. And uh, right. if one someone is ill at home and someone's just gone to the hospital, if there's a an emotional crisis, they can call you. And the thing is, is that, or text you, and you can call them and then do the counseling over the phone, even if you can't do it face-to-face. Right. right. In fact, and, um, I think it's about two weeks ago, um, I uh, got a call from... Uh, a gentleman that lives out in the Ozark. Um, he's not even technically a parishioner of St. James, but when he's in town, he visits us, and he calls from the Ozark to say his mother that lives nearby passed away, and can I meet the meet them at the at Jefferson Barracks and just do the committal? And uh, sure enough, um, we got together at Jefferson Barracks. You know, which is kind of strange. Jefferson Barracks have changed their rules because um, there was a time when we had enough time to do the committal. And he says, well, they limit you now to just 15 minutes. I've never had to do a committal in 15 <laughs> minutes before. But, you know, you that's a, that's a real challenge for Lutherans. You know, you're eliminating parts of the committal just to keep it down to 15 minutes. You go. 
So you know you you know you, I drove to the the funeral home and everybody still stayed in their car. Nobody got out, and we just did the streamline all the way to Jefferson Barracks and. We got there, we do the committal, and then we all jump back in our cars and we, we left. Um, so, yeah, you know, people will call you even that are not your parishioners, but they may just know that you are the, um, what they call the pastor lotsi, pastor in the area or in that place, and then they'll just call you. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you're ready to go on a moment's notice, um, even just to do a committal. So, yeah, you really, you know, stay in touch. And this is a time where um, that spiritual care is so needed. Um, and even if you can't do it in person, um, you you still do it over the phone. And, uh, yeah, like we are over the phone now, <laughs> you know. We wish we, could be sitting, we wish we could be sitting there in the studio like we usually do, but uh, yeah, we are over the phone. That's more fun, but this, is, this, this works still. <laughs> Yeah. Well, how, how do you how will you address the congregation on this? Because you know, we've been talking about these issues of of being able to communicate. Uh, you know, the whole situation has changed now, and you know the people who sit behind me, people who sit in front of me, and have you actually are you actually going to be talking to them over and above the sermon, telling them how we can keep our sense of community together, how we can, how important it is for them to communicate to you as well as us to them. Right, right. Because one of the things um, I am a little concerned about is it is so easy for people to fall out of the habit of going to church. And I don't want when this is over that uh, people still stay home. You know, I want them to come back. And I think that's part of the reason why you want to stay in touch with them and talk with them and let them know what's going on. Keep the community um, involved. Keep them connected to the church um, so that when this is over, um, they they come back. And not only that, I mean, you know, the fact that we are, you know, not having full, you know, church attendance doesn't mean our bills are going to go away. You know, we still have those monthly bills, and, uh, you know, we still hope that um, our parishioners will um, continue to worship even with their offerings, even when they can't come to church, you know, because giving offerings to church is, is an act of worship. And, uh, you know, you want them to continue even to worship in that way so that uh, the church um, doesn't close during you know, reach the point where they can't even reopen after this period of closing. So, yeah, it's important that we stay in touch and uh, um, let them know what's going on at church um, and uh, um, just keep in touch with them, uh, you know, over the phone. Yeah, it's uh, it's a chore. <laughs> it's a different way of working. It's quite a chore, but... Uh, um, you know, we, you know, when when things like this happen, you, it make you think and it make you come up with uh, ways of working that you never thought of before. <laughs> oh, that is creative. so true. <laughs> yeah, you get creative. <laughs> well, I was speaking to our uh, program director Andy Bates not too long ago about how this 
situation, uh, I'm not sure I would call it a blessing in disguise, but it has certainly been an opportunity where we are able now to explore more and more of what we can do in terms of communicating the gospel message. You know, like I said, uh, you know, you're at the <laughs> you're at the church. I'm here at my house. Uh, Stephanie is at the studio, and we're broadcasting now. People can hear us over the radio as far as Springfield or over the internet. They can hear us anywhere, and this will right. be you know, archived, and it will be a podcast as well. And what is what I'm saying, I guess, is that this has been an opportunity for us to see just how far we can use our these tools that have been given to us. And, uh, you know, Luther right. spoke a lot about vocation. And I, I got to tell you, it's something that I've been thinking about a long time, since, especially since this has gone on, is, you know, what is my vocation? Well, you know, I'm a broadcaster. More than that, I'm right. a Christian broadcaster. And this is right. what I really do. And this is ministry. Um, like, you know, like you said earlier, you wonder sometime if people are out there listening and uh you received an email that uh, made it clear to you that um, people are indeed listening and that the Lord is working through this ministry. You know, I, I thought about it, too, um, the, the whole technology part of it, because um, my wife and I, um, you know, sometime on vacation, we'll travel all the way to Florida or New York. We like to drive a, a, across the country. And, uh, you know, I realize now that they, we even have satellite radio. That while I'm on the road, um, if I'm if, if if I purchase the satellite radio, I can still keep in touch with even KFUO while I'm driving across the country. I can hear what uh, you know what, uh, what what you are broadcasting and what others are broadcasting just from just sitting in my car driving. Uh, isn't I mean that is just wonderful the technology that we have that we can uh, still stay in touch. Um, through satellite radio and things like that, it's it's amazing. Um, so yes, you know, on the one hand, we we might say, well, these things are cutting us off from the community. No, but they're also useful tools that we can use when we can't be a part of the community, um, when we're traveling, when we're on vacation. Um, I would never neglect the gathering of um, of Christians. I'd never neglect that. But even when I am on vacation, I am still in touch with uh, with, uh, with with preaching, even though I'm maybe on the road, because I can just log right into KFUO <laughs> or issues, etc., or one of those. I mean, any one of them, you can just log right into and uh, and and stay in touch with and listen to what's going on. So yes, people are listening, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, they are, and you know that that young woman in uh, in uh, Denmark has given us a lesson in community. Yeah, because you know, yes. you know we'll, we'll ne ne probably never yes. see her face to face, but she is part of our community. You and me, and and this young lady. Now we're, right. we're part of a community together, and that's part mm -hmm. of this wonderful tool that we've been given. Right. 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 That um, and just even just just from her email, you know, um, you know, I, which is uh, something that happened to me quite often, even when I was on vicarage. Sometimes you go and, you know, you try to minister to others and then you walk out of there and you, you question yourself. You go, who ministered to whom? Did I minister to that person or did that person minister to me? 
<laughs> you know, because oh, yeah. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> the, 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 the evidence of faith that they display becomes uh, like a, you know, like they ministered to you. I remember this elderly lady I visited at, um, at Laclede Groves years ago when I was on Vicarage. And um, it was after Palm Sunday, and uh, she could not come to church. In fact, she was, you know, dying. And she wanted to hear the Passion reading. And she told me, you know, I'm lying here in bed and I have my hands folded under the cover. Can you share the Passion reading with me? And uh, she had our King James Bible in the bedside table. So I'm reading the Passion reading from her King James Version. And I'm thinking, this is kind of long. She can't possibly still be awake. She must be sleeping now. So I, I paused. I stopped. And uh, she gave me the next few words as if to say, if you lost your place, this is where you need to pick up. And (laughs) I was so puzzled, even as a vicar, I go, how would she know where to to pick up and what words I need to pick up with? Um, She wasn't looking in the book. She was just lying there with her eyes closed. And I tell you, I walk out of there and said, wait a minute, who ministered to, to whom now? Did I minister to her or did she minister to me? Um, because our evidence of faith was um, was so edifying, was so uplifting, was so refreshing, and uh, yeah, I mean we we experience these things from time to time. Even the lady that was upset um, when I called when she called yesterday, she's telling me that she called the which is her granddaughter, the daughter of her granddaughter, the daughter of her her own daughter that was now worried about her mom. And she is giving the granddaughter certain psalms to read and go, you need to read this psalm and that psalm. And I'm like, wow, you know, I, that would never have come to my mind. But she is telling the granddaughter which psalm to read for, you know, for comfort in this um, difficult time. And you realize, wow, you know, they really minister to us, maybe even as much as we minister to them. There's that's what you call the commun- that's what you call the community of faith that's why we say the communion of saints the community of saints um it's all of us you know uh, yeah it is it it, it is uh, it, it is a tough time but it's also a time that um you know we as that uh, email point out that we realize that God is also the one in control, you know. Um, we are not, and we're glad that things are in his hands and not ours. And we are growing, I think, together as a community. I mean, I look at the nationwide response to this, and we have been so badly split as a country, as a nation. And yet here's yes. something where we seem to be coming together on, and uh, yes. maybe this is part of why this is happening i don't know this is way above my pay grade but uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but sometimes you wonder you know i remember one yeah you do you do you do, do make those wonders and and you said something earlier that i think is very very pertinent to our listeners right now was that about the portals of prayer booklets uh now yeah. i've got one at my on, on my desk at work and uh, i i read i read it every day Every day before right. I start working, I open that up. Uh, and I know that the other workers there at the KFPO, we, we all have our, our 
are ways to start it out being that what we are doing is doing in God's service. And, you know, this is something that we do not just because we're broadcasters or priests. This is what we are pastors. This is what we do as people. Again, you know, Luther spoke of the vocation. And the woman, the mother who is changing the the dirty diapers is doing God's will as much as you are you are from the from the uh, pa- from the uh, pulpit. Amen. 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 Because wherever the Lord put us, he put us there to serve him. Um if he calls you to be a, a husband, if he calls you to be a wife, if he calls you to be a mother, if he call, whatever he calls you to do, he calls he puts you in that position to serve him. Um you know with with a sense of gratitude, um, a sense of purpose. Um, so it's, yeah, it's all, it, it's a calling. You know, we don't just say, well, this is, you know, not that ministers are called and you guys are just hired. I think we're all called. And if we see that we are all called, that our vocation is a calling, um, then we do it. Um, we do it because we are serving God ultimately. Our service is really out of gratitude to him. Um, respond. Yeah, we're responding out of gratitude to him for all that that he has blessed us with. And I hope we um, don't lose sight of that, you know. Um, I know one person put this meme on um, on Facebook. Um person was just saying, you know, maybe it's because we won't behave ourselves that God has sent us all to our room. <laughs> you know, so, you know but, <laughs> and I go, yeah, maybe think about how bad we have been, right? I'm not sure I fully agree with that, but yeah, it's <laughs> no, no, I don't, I don't. But, but at the same time, you know, sometimes difficulties make you start to put things in the right perspective, yeah. you know, and you, you <laughs> right, you think about the Lord and go, you know, um, you know, this well, is the time when I need to leave into the last minute of the program here, and Stephanie's going to bring the music underneath when we uh, when we get to that point. So, are there any final thoughts that you have, especially uh, to any of the listeners out there who may be members of our parish? Yeah, I, you know, I would like to close with a prayer, if that's okay. Mm. You know, yeah, I'd like to close by, you know. Um, saying, Lord, we we call upon you in this time because, oh, Lord, before we even call you answered and while we are speaking, you hear us. Hear us, oh, Lord, on behalf of our country, our government, our family, all our loved ones. We ask you, Lord, that in this difficult time, you would not let the faith of your people fail, but sustain our faith in you. And that, oh Lord, you would uh, use all the medical personnel to bring healing to those who are sick. Oh Lord, we put them in your hands. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting. The pastor is in on Worldwide KFUO.